left us do you have a pink phone i've got a pink phone <laughs> i did this on purpose i not quite that's not even rose gold that's like it's pink, pink. it's pink gold it's rose rose pink it's rose it's uh pink moscato for all you wine connoisseurs out there zach just took his phone case off and i just i, w- I was so focused on recording this and then i just saw this pink phone and i Lost my train of thought. This is the newest phone I've ever had as far as technology is concerned, and it's an iPhone 7. And for those of you who are unsure of the year, it is currently 2019. This so, is 2019. And when did that get made? Uh, probably four years ago, maybe three years ago. Yeah. that's. But this is how I do my phones. I yeah, We want to know how you do your phones because it seems to be working. It's working great. <laughs> I'm only breaking or losing phones a few times a year, so it's good. I'm learning as I go. This one, I can feel, I feel something about this one. It's going to be a long laster. Ten years from now, I'm going to tell my kids stories about this phone as I hold it in front of them. Ten years? Ten years. I'm calling it now. Wow. This is going to be my ten-year phone. Well, because I just replaced the screen on it. I put a new battery in it myself. There's no reason this thing's going to die. Just think, though, your daughter will be a junior in high school. Don't want to think about that. Nope. <laughs> She'll be dating a guy for uh, three years straight at that time. This will be her first phone. <laughs> and there will be no internet access, and I will have 24-7 video feed of everything she sees, I see. So that would be a really Teenager good Teenager body camera? Setup. Yeah. Just like her date coming in. Hey, just so you know, everything you see, I see. <laughs> It's it's activated by the sound of a boy's voice. Yeah, a boy. Specifically, boy. Boy. Any, All boys? Any teenage boy. Do you... If it's a teenage boy. I, let's say you, nine We've talked about this before. I, I have two teenage daughters, and you you feel you feel something when you think about your daughter being a teenager, huh? Yeah. I don't want it to happen. Is it... You don't want it to happen because you think about it, when you were a teenager... Because it means you're getting older, it means that time is going by. Why? There's a lot of things. I think a couple things on the top of my head are I see like how even young kids interact with each other sometimes and I feel afraid. Oh yeah. That my daughter is gonna get mistreated. Uh, that young boys even who just don't have good role models in their life are going to mistreat her. Or uh, it's just that, man, the older they get, the closer they are to leaving my house. And Cam's only four, but... Man, <laughs> Some perspective all of a sudden entered the basically room. basically 14. Yeah. Yeah. Kids, man. Yeah. Well, today, my oldest daughter, Kaya, met with her roommate at the University of Minnesota yeah. and met her for the first time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm at that place, I guess, you're dreading. I... <laughs> It's it's not that bad. Do you love it? Is it good? It's uh, I'm glad it doesn't happen instantaneously. Yeah, uh, I think there's some wisdom in 18 years taking 18 years to get there. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd rather that than next week Kim moves out. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't even I barely know you and she's gone. <laughs> yeah, that's the way I would feel. 
Well, today we are, uh, well, let's talk a little bit about what's coming up. There are so many cool things coming up in the Corner Church world. Some of them are yeah. just like fresh onto the calendar. We've got a... I mean, it's almost Christmas, it's, so well, there's Christmas yeah. stuff coming up. <laughs> the State Fair is in two weeks. State Fair. Summer's over. Here we are. Yeah. We've made it. Uh, back to school sales are in high, <laughs> high, high raging force. Which, let's be honest, I'm, I'm glad for summer in Minnesota. We're all glad for summer in Minnesota because it means there's not... The S word. Snow? Yeah. Oh. But the best time of year in Minnesota is the fall. Really? It's, it's the best. People love fall. It's I, the greatest I time of year. I, I love it. Hot and sticky. <laughs> go to go to Indonesia. Or pick I don't, any country. Really? In the tropics. Yeah, pick that. No, I, I really enjoy well, I enjoy all the seasons, but I, I fully enjoy summer. My problem is, I love winter, but I also fear it's coming. I don't. That doesn't really make sense. But I only like winter for about a month. It turns out in Minnesota, we which have winter is for September fifteenth to October fifteenth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, there's quite a quite a lot longer than a month of winter. There's a weird thing in Minnesota that is it's unique to being this far north. Is that like football is a good measure of it? The first two football games in the high school season are hot. Yeah. Then there is one comfortable game, <laughs> and then it's cold. Yeah. It happens so quickly. It's predictable. It's 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 chaos. We're going right into it. Yep. The there's preseason football. NFL football is going on. I was I didn't even know that. And then I was walking. Amber and I were walking the dogs by. We live just two blocks from the stadium. We were walking the dogs by the stadium, and they were getting ready, like setting up all the tents and stuff. And I'm like, is it is it starting? <laughs> when it, is preseason starting? And it is. Oh, that's Super Bowl. Yeah, it's next. Super Bowl's next week. Yeah, which means winter's almost over. Yeah, we're almost <laughs> first there. week of February, we're almost there. What is going on? What are what are we? Doing? We got a, a, mar- a marriage Q and A that's coming Q&A. up first. That's coming up a week uh, from Friday. That's the twenty. I I don't have a calendar in front of me. That's a, this is a good plan. Right now, I'm pulling up my calendar. It's going to be the twenty fourth. Yeah. And then the day after that, that's the twenty fourth. Is a Saturday. We're doing a. Uh, kind of a Q and A with couples that have been married. Uh, I've got it on my calendar for the seventeenth. Oh, is you're right. 17th? No, no, no. Yeah, it is the seventeenth. Oh, so it's don't next, listen to what we say. Listen next to what we mean. Saturday. Yeah. Go to Scott's Which, house at nine. Again, the the, people don't necessarily listen to this on a. They could listen to this years from now, the seventeenth of twenty nineteen, the year of our Lord. <laughs> Marriage Q and A. You don't have to be married to come to that. That that will be fun. That'll be cool. There's a lot of people that you've invited that have a lot of good things to probably say about marriage. They've yep. been married for a couple of years. Yep. We've got a United Service on the 25th at Worth Park. Baptisms, Outside. baby dedications, grilling out together. Hot dogs. That'll be great. And yep. then our one of our newest things on our calendar... 28th and 29th of August, we're doing our first Corner Church VBS. Just it's our a, first ever, huh? Yeah. Two days, two evenings, six to eight. It's super short, super concentrated, but it'll be a lot of fun for kids from potty trained to age 11. We'd need help with that. Yeah. That'd be, it'll be a high powered, quick. Two hours goes so quickly. Yeah. Four whole hours together. I feel like most of my VBSs were more than four hours a day. For five days. <laughs> yeah. Do it till you hate it is wow. usually the that's the Christian way. But if you happen to be from 
the age of potty trained to 11 and you're listening right now, you're invited. Come. I don't know why you'd be listening apart from your parents, but if you are, wow, that's some We're technological advancement. And the last thing is our fall connection groups kick out of, kick off in the beginning of September, officially the September 8th. But now is the time to get all of your connection group details submitted. There is one thing that guarantees the failure of a connection group, and it is the lack of information. Mm. We have this group. Oh, you should come to it. Great. What are you doing? We'll, we'll let you know. So we want we try to get all the details in. Get push, push a little bit to get calendars all set, and then uh, it really helps. People can plan their next uh, couple months yeah. and uh, connect deeply, connect relationally through those events or those connection groups. Also, six weeks from today, we go to fall retreat. Oh my goodness, six that's another announcement from yeah. today. Yeah. Fall retreat. So if you're part of the corner community and you have not been on fall retreat, I mean, you can listen to us talk about it all day because we love it, but. Find somebody in the community who's gone and ask them about their experience. And I bet they've had a pretty cool experience. It's, that's a high point for my yeah. year, every year. I think it'd be good, maybe during announcements on Sunday in the North Loop, we'll ask like a announcement time dialogue question just to talk a little bit about Fall Retreat. Share your story. Yeah. I bet there'll be almost every table, if not every table, will have somebody that has gone. I think that'll be good. Yeah. All right. Well, today we're doing something a little different. We've been uh, talking... Uh, about uh, Jesus, what, it's a, what it is to be a friend with him and friend like him. We're going to be moving into a series on James, but today we're, we're not going to talk about James. We're going to talk about uh, what it is to be a neighbor. Be a neighbor. So we'll see what that's like. you enjoyed that musical interlude that Greg skillfully inter- interjects. <laughs> Is it going to be great this time, or are you coming up with something? Oh, Greg's I can come up with something. Greg's out of town for a year. <laughs> he is not out of town for a year. It just feels that way. Uh-huh. One one thing that you need to understand about Greg being out of town means that Zach is managing Greg's Turo world. Well, just one. Oh, just one? Just one, yeah. Thankfully. One pickup drop-off? Tonight. Tonight's the night. The only problem is I have my own Turo world, which if if you don't know what Turo is, it's Airbnb for your car. And starting yesterday, I've got five straight days of going to the airport. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah. Each one's to the airport? It's garbage. It's absolute (laughs) trash. And Turo's great because you make, you know, extra money, which is really nice. And I get to go to the airport all the time. <laughs> and it's getting real old real fast. So Here's the best thing about you going to the airport is that when you drive from your house to the airport, the roads don't go there. Yeah. It's <laughs> seven highway interchanges and I'm finally there. The In Minneapolis, 94, the 35W South, which is the way you go to the airport, it's stopped about a year and a half ago yeah and nothing like a major intersection that hundreds of thousands of people do every single day being closed for three years yeah 
<laughs> yep, I like it. It's do you awesome. take Hiawatha? How do you get there? Oh, I go Hiawatha. Yep. Yeah. Which which means you, you get to have about 30 stoplights between here and the end. Which, actually, there have been multiple times where I've gone through downtown to get to 35. Yeah. And that has worked. Yeah. So I'll probably do that tomorrow. We'll see tomorrow. what happens. <laughs> Not just... Tonight, you don't have to... Tonight, I get to do what I want because I'm picking up a car, but tomorrow... I go drop a car off. But to get to do what you want is a loose term because you are taking the train. Yeah, there is no do what you want on the train. I'm going to start, I'm going to create a backpack sized 200 pound motorcycle type thing. Oh, yeah, that exists. Yeah, but not not something that can get me from the airport home on interstates. Oh, yeah, no, that doesn't exist. I want that. That's 20 <laughs> years down the road technology-wise, but I want it now. That you can take the USB cord from your phone and power your your full-size My motor, or your motorcycle. 200-pound backpack motorcycle. Yeah. 200 pounds in a backpack, by the way. Yeah, I don't think I could carry it. Maybe 100 pounds in the backpack. Yeah. 125. We'll go 125. All right. I could do that. Well, if you're listening and looking to invent something, you have a Kickstarter first purchase. It's right. Me. It's right there. Yeah. It'd be great if it was under 75 bucks. Come on, keep it 50. And you got <laughs> you, you got, got me. me. Yeah. Oh, I, I, we we want to talk about being a neighbor uh, a little bit. Neighbors. Yeah. I feel like I just hear anytime I think about the word neighbor, I hear the Mr. Rogers theme song yeah. in my head. Yeah. And I think that is, that's a good ideology of like what, what maybe we wish neighbors were, you know, this gentle little guy. I don't know if he was little or not, but gentle guy pretty, that pretty small, you know, the mailman comes by and they talk for 20 minutes and they go on a little adventure together. Yeah. Um, I did the other day talking to my, brother and sister-in-law and they talked about how they have a neighbor that's pretty chatty and that their neighbor sometimes will capture their mail carrier and talk to them for about a half hour or so trapped you can't get out of that (laughs) that male man or woman is working and they're doing a job that's 30 minutes that i've talked to the mail carriers who come into our shop here and they say as quick as you get your job done you're done for the you're day. You're done. Yeah. So 30 minutes of not walking. Wow. Woof. Yeah. So you, you've you lived here. We're, we're in Camden right now. <clears throat> so we are three houses down from you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've lived here for a year. Yeah. Uh, what... I mean, I'm going to ask myself the same question here in a second, but... Uh, what have you discovered in being a neighbor in this spot for the last year? That's a good question. What have I discovered? I think you just see you see people's lives and how they live. And you notice, if you're paying any attention, you notice that there's things going on for them. We have, I mean, just such different neighbors on our entire block. We've got On one side of us, an older couple who owned a business in the neighborhood here, and uh, the guy just broke his knee (laughs) the other day doing some stuff, and he he stepped down wrong from a ladder. So he's been in and out of the hospital for a year, 
Um, well, longer, but since we've been here, he's been in and out of the hospital with kidney issues. So, I mean, that's just like, we've known them ever since we moved in and that's what we've known about them. They're always going to the hospital, but they're the neighborhood grandparents. Mm. On the other side of us, we have a multi-generational Vietnamese family. I just did some car work a couple weeks back and Jason, the oldest person in the house, he speaks half English and we communicate well, but he, I mean, he's very much from Vietnam. He came out a few months ago when I was working on my car and he said, you need to ask me for my lift when you work on your car because you're not being safe. Wow. And I was like, that's, wow, my neighbor's looking out for it. So I borrowed his jack. Uh, across the street, we have a woman who, uh, yeah, she drive drove her car one day, stopped on the side of the road and walked home with us and talked and forgot her car and couldn't find it the next day. So we, I was like, hey, do you do you think maybe your car's where you parked it yesterday when you walked with us? And it had been raining and she's like, maybe you're right. So she goes out, it's pouring rain, but she finds her car. Um, two houses down on the other side of us, we've got a family with two young boys as well. Our kids like to play with them. And I think you just see people are normal. People have lives uh, and you get to see everything. There's Dude, good and bad. And I, I think I know that you're probably an anomaly. Maybe it's the block, but I think you're an anomaly that you've gotten to know your neighbors. Do you think people know their neighbors here, right where you are at? Do you think people know each other or is it just do people just see each other or what, what is, how do people think, relate with uh, each other? I think a few people know their neighbors. I guess it is more of an anomaly. It's easier to stay inside. It's easier not to talk to your neighbors. But it's really not that hard, I think. To... Do you, I we live in a we live right downtown. We live in a, a condo building that has 123 units. I think it is. Scott knows them all, literally. Yeah, no. I, the funny thing, you know, so you you talk about you see neighbors or some that just it's easy to stay inside. It's not necessarily on a daily basis, but for sure every week I'll see people in our building that I feel like I've never seen before in my life and they live there. Yeah. And, uh, um, I think a lot of it is because maybe it's a different schedules, but I think a lot of people, they leave either later than I do. I, I don't know, maybe earlier. And then they come back late or come back very early, whatever it is. It just, your schedules don't line up and you so anybody, never, ever, ever see them. Does anybody leave earlier than you? Some people do. 3.30 in the morning. No, 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 no. But I, it's bizarre that last night we were grilling out on our roof, had some friends over and uh, another four people were up on the roof deck and um, the two that I felt like were the hosting there, I'd never seen before. Yeah. And uh, talked to them for just a little bit, introduced myself. And then while we're up there too, another neighbor came up that we've known well for several years. Yeah. What? As we're talking about this, and I think about my neighbors, we have we have a lot of really great neighbors. But I don't even, <clears throat> as I say, great. I just think, oh, I really like them. And yeah. is that what makes a great neighbor? Or what what makes a great neighbor? Yeah, I feel like that's the why we should talk about this today. Is because what is loving your neighbor, knowing your neighbor, or being a great neighbor? Because it. It can't just be, I know their name and I know their stuff. And that's, that can be like overachieving. Yeah. Hey, that's Bill and he's got cancer. Yeah. I'm a good neighbor. Really? Yeah. Yeah. 
we're doing for our VBS, talking about the Good Samaritan, that whole story. We talked about it probably a few months ago. Yep. Uh, the story in the Bible, someone comes to Jesus and says, essentially, who is my neighbor? Um, kind of trying to get out of having to treat everybody well. And then Jesus tells the story of this Samaritan. This man was attacked by a band of robbers and left for dead. And this, a couple of religious leaders walked by him and essentially crossed to the other side of the road. But then a Samaritan comes by and this person who had been attacked and left for dead, a Samaritan had no, no business helping. There was no reason he should have helped him. And yet he stopped and helped him, took care of his needs, and took him to an inn. And uh, it seemed like Jesus used a story to paint the picture that this man was kind of an enemy to this other man and yet treated him as an equal, as a neighbor. And what does it look like for us to do that? Yeah, treating them like a neighbor may not be the right words because if if we use neighbor as an adjective, no, as a verb, that may mean avoid, do nothing. Right. Well, in, our, in our culture, what is a neighbor? Yeah, it's somebody that you see. Maybe yeah. maybe you know their name and you know that they have cancer. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, then that parable is one of action. That's that's the crux of that whole story parable that Jesus shares is that <clears throat> the excuses of the Levite and the priest uh, probably were really valid, you know, fear, busyness, whatever. But the action of the Samaritan is what is celebrated. And if we want to be a good neighbor, we got to take action. Mm. And yeah, I know one of the complexities for us in our building in our neighborhood is it's transience um directly across uh the hallway i mean it's really uh, the lobby we live on the first floor Uh, our door inside door touches the lobby and the tenant the person who lives the closest so right on the other side of the lobby uh, that has been owned by four people in the last seven years that we've lived there and we've known them all the person who lives in there now, we know the least of all those others, the other three. We've known everybody who's lived there. Have uh, the first couple that lived in there were it was kind of like a discovery. We have shared background. We got to know them, got to spend quite a bit of time with them. We loved them, cared for them. They moved away, and then next couple moved in. They had um, some kids that were kind of similar ages and man, we just, we hung out, we ate together. We, it just it was so great to be with them. And they came to church connected with the community. It was beautiful. Then uh, they moved away. Uh, then a- another couple moves in. No. And now the lady who's in there now uh, just found out yesterday or the day before her units on the market. Nice. And it's a little bit goes, Oh, I'm excited. A new neighbor is coming mm. like first day of school a little bit, but also kind of sad that this turnover is insane and as much as I don't want to have it and I like seriously don't want to have it it's it's easy to be a neighbor that says well it's only going to be for a little while and change how I relate to people yeah yeah we do that pretty often I think where short term is it's easier to just Commit to short-term relationships. I or think. to not really dive into relationship because we know it's going to be short-term. 
hey, they're leaving in a year. Hey, they're going to leave in five years because that's their plan. I guess I shouldn't develop too deep a relationship. Yep. That's that's a crazy way to live. It makes sense like, oh, next week they're moving. I just met them today. Yeah. Maybe I won't try and have them over for dinner five times before they <laughs> leave. But yeah, we stretch it out and then we get to a point where uh, I'm just I'm afraid that if I get into a relationship or if I really invest, it's not going to pan out well for me. I'm going to lose the relationship or yeah. it's well, not the, going to be reciprocated, whatever it is. The joke that we have with people when we have them over for dinner and our from our neighbors is that this probably means you're going to move because most most individuals or couples that we've had over for a dinner or dessert uh usually in that first or second time coming over go hey we got news and uh that it's happened so many times Hmm. and I think the thing that as I just think about this whole conversation and recording this podcast is that the challenge for me is to not love people or care for people or get to know people with a filter that they're probably just going to leave anyway. Because that when I do that, I am not the Samaritan. Uh, I just walk by them. Uh, Why should I ask them how they're doing? Why should I invite them over why should i connect with them because they're probably just going to leave anyway or they are leaving anyway yeah and uh that's the levite or the priest response walking to the other side of the hallway i'm too busy i've got too much to do i can wave but <laughs> yeah. i can't actually stop and ask what's really going on in this person's life today because i don't have time for that i gotta keep moving that's a thing. Yeah. We in, run into in, that all the time. In our building or in downtown, the normal is to be able to stop and pet the dog, but barely say hi to the person. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of weird. Can I pet your dog? And then you talk to the dog for a minute and then you leave. Yeah. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for letting me pet your dog. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Dog names. If, if you think forward, I'm going to... I want to think about this too. And this is the challenge maybe to encourage other people as they listen to this. A year from now, as a neighbor, uh, the same? Less connection? More connection? How or why are you... How, how can you be a better neighbor in a year? Hmm. I still think there's a lot that I don't know about people. And there's still a lot of neighbors I don't know. I still mm-hmm. see people out and about that I... I've seen them multiple times, but I don't know who they are. There's a couple houses across the street that people are out all the time. And one of my neighbors across the street, I did, I ran over the, across the road one time to introduce myself and that's what started our relationship. And we still are just casually acquainted. But for me, it felt a little weird to run over across the road. My neighbor was probably like, what's, what's this person doing? And had to like quickly say, Hey, I just wanted to introduce myself so they knew I wasn't trying to sell them something. (laughs) But yeah, I think a year from now, I know for myself, I would like to know more of my neighbors. Mm. Um, I would like to know more about my neighbors. I I would love the opportunity to have people come into our yard and eat food with us. It's only happened a few times, but I want more of it and I want it with more people. That just seems really valuable to me, the moment where I can really actually learn Jason's story. When did you come to this country? Yeah. Because you weren't born here. Tell me more about that. And that can happen in the driveway. 
what he's handing is too aloft to me, but his wife and he's got his daughters and his son-in-law, uh, his granddaughter, all these people who are in their house all the time. And we interact with just in passing. I want to be able to have like, can we get an hour together and just mm. talk, learn each other's story a bit. But for me, just really learn their story. Yeah. Um, I know back when Joy and I moved to Minneapolis, Scott, one thing you brought up was kind of this idea of knowing story is really foundational and it takes time, but it can set a really good foundation for deep relationship and for meaningful, like meaningful neighborhood transformation. In the moment where I can step in and help somebody, that's good. But to know someone's story and step in and help is just so much deeper. It means so much more. If somebody knows who I am and they still are like, I'm going to invest in your life. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I know one of the challenges for me is uh, we've been there for quite a while and um, it's it, it, it's the transience it, it is the busyness it's everybody is so stinking busy but let me let me think I, I think what I want to do is as a good sign that things are different or growing is that some people would text or call or knock on a door when they needed something. I think part of that is, yeah, I, I need to know and share people, share a story and know story. Um, but the neighbors that uh, we've connected with deeply and uh, have had just meaningful relationship with, uh, some have come to church. I mean, Sarah is one of our very close neighbors, is just a great part of our church community. We love having her part of our, our world. Uh, but I know that you know she's very, because of the depth of the relationship, if she's going out of town, she texts us and says, can you watch my cats and our girls mm. uh, watch their watch her cats and, and bunnies and the animals that she has and um, the girls actually, it's like they have the pet slumber parties yeah. and, uh, over there. And that's, is just, that's a beautiful picture of trust and relationship. And it's, uh, I think that's the good Samaritan thing being lived out, seeing need and meeting it, but also when somebody has a need, them feeling so bold and so connected and so vulnerable that they would be willing to ask. Yeah. And I don't want to just give that to other people's responsibility that I have to open that door. Yeah. I, the other day I was walking the dogs and it was a crummy night. It was raining yeah. and I coming back to the place and one of our neighbors was standing outside and I just said, waiting for an Uber. And neighbor said, Nope, smoking. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, I like, that, which wasn't that big of a deal, but I've never seen her smoking before. And so I'm like, that's fun. Kind of a crummy day to be smoking outside. Yeah. And uh, she said, yep, kind of a crummy day. And uh, so I just very, just very pointed, and very brief. She said, is there anything I can do on your crummy day? And she said, no. Yeah. And I said, can I, can, can I pray for you? And she's like, that'd be great. Yeah. And uh, it was about four seconds. <laughs> and uh, that that was not a hero moment. 
from my end. That was that was so simple. Yeah. But uh, it was it was really important to to that neighbor. Yeah. And so to care and to submit people to Christ. And so one other thing that I want to see in a year is that I want to grow in my habit of like habitually praying for my neighbors. Because mm-hmm. that changes me. I mean, there, it, it changes the things in the supernatural, but it changes me. Yeah. And so that's why I start with like the challenges. The challenge is me. The challenge is not, you know, transient neighborhood and <laughs> uh, busy people. The challenge is it's me. Yeah. I got to get over me. My neighbor could just do this one thing right, then I'd finally be in a position to really help them and pray for them. But they won't change. So. Which the, the parable of the Good Samaritan is beautiful illustration because it's the story of somebody who was helpless. And uh, if we see our neighbors as a transactional relationship, yeah. we're, we're missing something. Yeah. We're going to leave that question with you. We want to encourage you to think about this, talk about this with people that you live with, uh, bring this to surface even in our church. We talk repeatedly about uh, local early together, local meaning loving, caring for, meeting needs of the people that are closest to you in your home, uh, in your neighborhood, geographically, physically closest, meeting needs early, meaning that you uh, are not swooping in when it's desperate, but building relationship even when it's not. And then doing it together is seeing that we would, we're would we truly a body and connecting people to other people is a valuable thing. And so in doing that, we're called to be great neighbors, to love our neighbor. And, and so the question that we leave with you is, what are you going to do? What's different in a year with you and your neighbors? And I know my, un, if I don't address it, if I don't focus it, if I don't have this conversation in 365 days in the end of summer of next year, 2020, I'll be right where I'm at right now. Hmm. Yeah. Or worse. Or worse. Or worse. So love your neighbor. We're trying. We're it's, it's beautiful to do this podcast thing because some people may think that pastors have it all together and are perfect. Yeah. And I promise we're working on the process too. Yeah. Good. Is that it? I mean, that's it. Thanks. A beautiful day in this neighborhood. A Won't you be mine? For a neighbor. That what a good line to yeah. to ask people to be your neighbor. Yeah. Won't you be my neighbor? Which implies that being a neighbor doesn't just mean you live next door to someone. Yeah. It implies you really you really step into people's lives. Yeah. There is a documentary on Fred Rogers on I think it's on Netflix. It might be on Amazon Prime Video. But he was a fascinating guy. He truly did love people and uh, took that neighbor thing serious. And so that'd be a a good watch, too. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Happy summer. Yeah. We'll talk to you later. Be with your neighbors. Go be with your neighbors. Bye. Bye.